the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Thursday, August 12th, 2023. I'm dispensing with my monologue today because this one is special, folks. This is really special. About 22 years ago, um, when a few of us uh, in Washington, D.C., James Woolsey, former CIA director, Charles Krauthammer, whom you know of, William Bennett, Frank Gaffney, and I were putting together an organization called Americans for Victory Over Terrorism to teach college students across the country about the nature of radical Islam, political Islam, Islamofascism after 9-11. We kept saying to ourselves, we need an advisor from within the Muslim community. And everywhere and everyone we asked said, well, there's this one guy out in Phoenix, this one guy out in Phoenix, Arizona, doctor, he's a physician. His name is Zudi Jasser. And we all became very well acquainted with Zudi Jasser. There was no one who was more helpful to the book William Bennett and I wrote on terrorism, uh, The Fight of Our Lives, than Dr. Zudi Jasser. He's been a close friend of mine for over 20 years. And um, in another book William Bennett wrote, called The Book of Man, which is profiles of great men throughout history and amongst us today. Zudi Jasser gets a chapter in that book, and Bill Bennett writes of him in The Book of Man, Dr. Jasser is a man of political courage and conviction, and I wish there were more men like him. He has guest-hosted this show. He got us through COVID every Friday as our doctor in residence, and today I am so delighted to announce, as he will announce, that he is running for Congress here to represent Arizona's 4th Congressional District to take on and take out Greg Stanton. You can go to his website at Z4AZ, and you can listen to him now. Dr. Jasser, welcome back to the show. Well, Seth, it's, uh, it's so great to be with you, and uh, obviously this is uh, especially, especially special and uh uh, has been a long time coming. I'm just uh, beyond excited, as my family is, and uh, many, so many of our friends are, that uh, um, not only am I throwing my hat in the ring to run for Congress, but uh, the time is right. The time is now. I mean, uh, while we had uh, planned the rollout for this week, uh, weeks ago, um, the war last week has pretty much made it made it clearer than ever. It's like, uh, I think I saw online, somebody said it was like a flare that went off and you can tell where everybody stands now, yeah. and it's at the expense of the Jewish people. But uh, I hope the world learns a lesson that uh, Israel not only no longer needs to be um, at the front lines and left alone and abandoned the way the Biden administration has, but our partisan infighting and, and uh, uh, politics as usual in Washington. We need leaders with clarity. We need leaders that uh, uh, have a street cred when it comes to standing up against the forces of evil and also for small business for our, our border to to uh, for our national sovereignty i mean as you and i have talked so many times uh conservatism is not about one issue and it's about a lens through which you look at not only this country but you look at the world 
And uh, America has a role to play. My family taught me that at a young age. And I want to continue to give back to my country. I realize that uh, you can only do so much in the activist arena, and then you realize that the agenda pretty much in media and in government is, is driven by what our members of Congress set and what the White House sets, and that pretty much in a, in a world of political ADD uh, changes every few weeks, despite all the testimony we've given in Congress, uh, et cetera, it continues to change. And I want to bring a consistency to that, hold them accountable, and represent the people of the 4th District uh, here in Arizona on the issues that matter to them at the grassroots. And they are the issues that have mattered to you for so long. This week couldn't have been more pregnant with meaning for the announcement of your candidacy for Congress, Dr. Jasser. I want to talk a little bit about the people you would be serving with in Congress, particularly a few I've been talking about this week on the Democratic side. But before I get there, talk a little bit about the history that you have in combating radical Islam, in combating the very thing that Israel and her allies uh, are facing just today, just now, as we speak. Yeah, I think, you know, when you talk about tough battles, if you will, the, the toughest are the ones that you fight within your inner circles, be it your family, your faith community, uh, your party, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, I realized that at 9-11, as a doctor, the, the disease, the symptom is terrorism, radicalism, and theocracy uh, uh, and the radicals of Iran elsewhere, but the disease itself is a, a lens, a worldview of political Islam that only Muslims could target and could fix and, and reform. And I rededicated myself uh, for my country to uh, counter that. And not only did we build a, a foundation, the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, that, that was able to change. We changed, basically, you know, one of the things I, I I have to take some credit for is that we changed the narrative from being about terrorism to being about Islamism, uh -huh. about political Islam. Right. And now, uh, back 10 years ago, they were telling us, oh, you can't say Islamist, it offends Muslims, etc. Now pretty much most of even the left woke media yep. still is using the word Islamist when they talk about Hamas and you did otherwise. That. And you did that, you bet. We were involved in that. So I think that at least shed some light on what we're fighting. Um, and then I served on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, and on behalf of that independent bipartisan organization, sat across the table from the Saudis, from the uh, Turks, from Egyptian, the Muslim Brotherhood, and was telling our State Department that they were mistranslating things intentionally, that ultimately the Obama administration was taking the sides of our enemies, of, our, of the Islamists, and, you know, uh, saw the foundations of what we're seeing today in Israel being set by the Obama administration that basically let the Hamases of the world engage with Iran, let the Muslim Brotherhood uh, flourish in Egypt at the expense of real democratic principles. So, you know, really, we, we over the past, uh, since 9-11, not only here in Arizona at, at mosques and debates and elsewhere, I've exposed the imams and the clerics and this is not a small fight. I mean, a quarter of the world's population is Muslim. I, I don't believe that uh, they're programmed in their DNA to be theocrats, but just like America was created in the idea of separation of church and state, uh, ultimately the ideas of Americanism, I think, uh, are the only solution. And uh, that was a lot of the work that I've done. And, and to my chagrin, 
I saw the Islamists empowered by Obama. I saw the Ilhan Omars of the world and Rashida Tlaib become not only uh, political operatives in Congress, but uh, uh, dominate the bandwidth with not only no substance, but hate for America, hate for our troops, uh, and facilitation of our enemies as they met with the the Turks and the Qataris of the world at the expense of our security. So, uh, you know, I think Americans need to uh, uh, see alternatives uh, that are more diverse when they go to vote and realize that uh, there are antidotes to these problems. And I think on a number of fronts, whether it's Islamism, national security, um, small business, free market issues, uh, the border, I can bring a antidote to the woke Islamists that are in Congress. And also the, the you know, frankly, in the district, uh, Stanton has really been an empty suit, uh, has not said anything about the rank anti-Semitism of Ilhan Omar, and has really just been so quiet the the people of the district deserve uh, a lot more character. Well, I can't wait for you to be in Congress to take Ilan Omar on, Rashida Tlaib, and other members of the squad. Dr. Jasser is my guest, Zudi Jasser, candidate for Congress, Z4AZ. Couldn't be easier. A website. Check him out for those of you that don't know him, although it would be surprising to me. Anyone in my audience wouldn't know you, given your long affiliation of being a guest and guest host of this show. One of the other great services you've done for... Um, the community of the civil, let me call them that. I was going to say our community, but it's really a larger community. It's the community of the civil, Dr. Jasser. One of the things you've done, too, is you've pointed out, and maybe NPR doesn't listen and maybe CBS doesn't listen or PBS doesn't listen, but you've tried to point out over the years that when they go to spokesmen in times like these from organizations like CARE, Council of American Islamic Relations, or the Muslim Student Association, or these organizations that are considered uh, spokesmen for the community or spokesmen for Muslims or even moderate organizations, you have done yeoman's work in pointing out these are the last people to be listening to. These are the last people to be called moderate. And we have to take a commercial break, but I wonder if when we come back you might speak to the immoderacy of organizations like the Council of American Islamic Relations, who you have been debating for more than two decades. Could we do some of that when we come right back? Absolutely. Dr. Zudi, great. Thank you. Dr. Zudi Jasser is my guest, J-A-S-S-E-R. His website, Z for A-Z. He is running to represent us in Congress. I myself can't wait for that election to be here soon enough. He and I will be right back. A lot of Cincinnati music. We went out with WKRP in Cincinnati. We're coming back with Jimmy Buffett. We, she came down from Cincinnati. Opening lyrics. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Dr. Zudi Jasser is my guest. Z4AZ.com is his website. He is announcing today his candidacy to represent Arizona's 4th Congressional District to take on and take out Greg Stanton. Greg has never had tough competition. He does now. Dr. Jasser, um, the story of your life and career, whether it's in the Navy, uh, whether it's what you've stood up for as a physician, not just in fighting for your patients, but fighting for your patients' rights, but also in what you've stood up for against radical Islam, the story of your life is courage. It's not easy to take on so-called civil rights organizations like the Council of American Islamic Relations, like the MSA organizations across the country and in Canada. You've debated them for over two decades. Tell the audience a little bit about that fight and why CARE and 
those organizations are the least or last place you want to go if you want to get a moderate voice or a meaningfully moderate voice when it comes to radical Islam? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Americans are starting to understand the battle I've had with them since 2000 and uh, since 9-11-01 and uh, battle against wokeism, where all of a sudden identity politics and the Black Lives Matter movement and other uh, neo-Marxists have been uh, using the cloak of identity politics to avoid any type of uh, uh, ideological exposure of what they really stand for and who they work for and any consistency. And that's really the, what the Islamists have. It's been this bigotry of low expectations where, I mean, look at right now with Hamas, a, a terror organization that's bombing uh, uh, civilians, that is uh, raping uh, um, not only uh, families, women and children, and other just uh, absurd beheadings that are happening. And yet the conversation about them from universities and elsewhere is as if they have no moral agency, as if somehow a victim loses their moral agency and they become okay to do anything. And this is the bigotry of low expectations that the Islamists have somehow brainwashed the West into having is that uh, Muslims don't have moral agency, so therefore we won't hold them accountable to anything, and they're always the victims, and therefore the West and Israel are always the oppressors. I mean, that's exactly the fodder of anti-Semitism. That's how uh, Hitler sowed uh, his hate, and uh, that's the seed of the destruction of our civilization, where our values no longer mean anything. And that's really why I think it's so important for me to have a voice and to hold, uh, you know, our leaders, our political leaders accountable is because my message is about diversity. If you really believe in civil rights and equality, then let's have a debate about the ideas, an equal debate, not one in which you shut down debate by these false uh, uh, DEI programs that are uh, really about shutting down debate and taking away free speech and You know, one of our major platforms for the campaign is about free speech, that we want to be able to have real debate and uh, not be mired in the nonsense of identity politics. And that's what's happened with the MSAs, the uh, Council on American-Islamic Relations, and so many of them have just shut out the voices. The Middle East, you know, Muslims from the Middle East will tell you these are the radicals of of their communities. These are the uh, apologists that uh, are not the majority. And yet in this country, they, on the internal areas, uh, have misogynistic uh, characteristics in their boards. Uh, They uh, foster anti-American, un-American ideas of inequality, and yet they become the representatives of American Muslim faith communities. You know, and it is a lot about the corruption of language and misplaced understandings of victim and aggressor or aggrieved and aggressor. There's a gross, I think, protest, I would call it gross, protest taking place in Tempe at ASU right now under the banner of an organization called Students for Justice in Palestine. The word justice belongs nowhere in that acronym or in that group's <clears throat> in that group's organization's name. They have a toolkit, Zudi, they put out today, these students marching, and it says, and I'm quoting directly, our people are actually, excuse me, our people are actualizing revolution. Palestine will be liberated from the river to the sea. That's not the complaint of the oppressed. That's the quest for genocide, river to the sea. That's what these students are saying they're marching for. It is. And and by the way, 
hope folks are paying attention. Black Lives Matter put out a press release yep. and, and statements two days ago basically saying that they felt that Hamas's aggressive terrorism, not what they called it, they called it self-defense is yep. what they called it. Yep. So this red-green axis that is affecting American security, national sovereignty across the planet, which is why we call it red-green, because it's the far-left red Marxists working with the green Islamists across the world, which is a significant portion of the global population that we are ignoring and actually emboldening through uh, uh, everything you're seeing here at Tempe, yeah. which is the SJP organizations working. And the BLM proved to be really Farrakhan's organization, yes. right? Yes. Farrakhan is one of the most malignant anti-Semites in the United States. And yet, the BLM movement tried to separate itself from it, and here you have a nation of Islam leader that radicalized the communities, and they're working hand-in-hand, hand, and again prove it this week that they are hand-in-hand hand with the most radical Islamists on the planet. You know, everything you just said could have been said and should have been said by Democrats like Greg Stanton or leaders in the Democratic Party by, like Nancy Pelosi, because nothing you said is partisan. Nothing you just said has anything to do with the Republican-Democratic Party split, but they won't say anything like that. They should be talking like you're talking, which is why we're excited that you're running for Congress. Z4AZ.com, Zudi Jasser. You pushed on something twice. You put your finger on something twice, Zudi. I want to now bring bring our conversation to it, which is about the enemies of Israel, whether it's Hamas, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's uh, the mullahs of Iran. I was giving a speech last night, and they were asking me, point out, too, it's not just Israel that they hate. The enemies of Israel are the enemies of America. It's America they actually hate worse. It's just that Israel's a little more close and a little more convenient. Fair enough? Absolutely. That's why Iran is, is a little Satan, the great Satan. It's uh, uh, they, they see them as uh, one and the same. And I visited Israel twice, and I can tell you that it is not only a beautiful and, and I, I hate to say it this way, but normal country. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you say that because the way it gets demonized, I mean, uh, the BBC won't even say what Hamas did was uh, terrorism. Right. Today. They came out with a press release. So right. you wonder why there's such a misconception about the normalcy of Israel's uh, people and its and its culture. Uh, how much, and you talked about this too, Dr. Jasser, but how much of the violence we're seeing break out again in ways that were perhaps unimaginable after uh, 9-11 uh, and after the experience that we saw with the Taliban in Iraq that we thought maybe, maybe, maybe some level of modernism would have would have taken hold. How much of, of the responsibility for the fuel of this, the fuel of this hate, the fuel of this violence, the fuel of this uh, promiscuous and indiscriminate killing, how much of that is the responsibility can be laid at the feet or the policies of the Biden administration. Could you take that on when we come right back on the other side of this commercial break? Absolutely. Dr. Zudi Jasser is my guest. Boy, if there was a week you wanted someone like this running for Congress, this is that week. Dr. Zudi Jasser running for Congress, Congressional District 4, serious candidate to take out Greg Stanton, finally. Z4AZ.com. Help him out, folks. Go to the website. If you don't know about them, and help them out. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Dr. Zudi Jasser is our guest. Many of you know him from this show as a guest. Uh, he has gotten us through COVID as our regular physician on Fridays during uh, 2020, 2021, much of 2022. He is a uh, physician in town, and um, he has, um, if it's one badge uh, and calling, it's that of courage. He has also been our expert on radical Islam. And he is now running for Congress. Z for AZ.com is his website. I want to talk to you, Dr. Jasser, about what it would mean to have someone like yourself in Congress taking on the Rashida Tlaibs of the world. But first, talk to us a little bit about the policies of Joe Biden that have brought on so much of the recrudescent violence we are now seeing. I mean, the the Arab fascism, the Islamist fascism that my parents escaped uh, from the Ba'athists uh, in Syria and then came here. It, you know, we, one of the things that uh, most of our families understand well is is what uh, what these thugs respond to and what they don't. And they respond to uh, uh, military strength. They re- they respond to um defeat but they do not respond to weakness and if anything it empowers them and emboldens them and if you see what the Biden administration did uh bottom line is is it uh, not only were they ransoming iran for for our uh hostages but uh, they saw a green light and there were so many reasons that iran was looking for that uh, uh fuse to be lit that biden basically again sat in his basement with blinken and uh, just turned on lit the match that now has uh, fused, which is a, a couple things. First of all, the, it, Hamas does not only not care about the Palestinians, it's, they are fodder for their uh, nihilism. Secondly, Iran is using them because they want to light the place on fire because they don't want normalization of economic relations with Israel between Saudi Arabia, especially, which is the center of Islamic symbolism, if you will, with Mecca. And also, their own revolution is something they want to distract their people in the region from, which is really weakening them. Compare the security we had under the Pompeo-Trump maximum pressure campaign to now the complete loss of security and the uh, weakening. We thought when when the embassy was moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, all of the Democrats were saying that there's going to be terrorism and war and all this kind of stuff, and nothing happened. Same with killing Qasimani. I remember that, too. Yeah. Yep. And now it's the opposite. Now nothing was happening except the vacuum that the Biden administration allowed to be created, the abandonment of our ally, and now Israel is fighting its own war, and we're sending, you know, Biden gives them some few words that might be consoling, but at the end of the day, you know, he needs to do a lot of self-reflection with his administration on why we are where we are right now and why this is the worst war in Israel in its history as far as the numbers that have been killed in the few days and and uh, how exposed they are and what needs to be done. And by the way, not one Arab country took any of the Palestinians. Egypt blockaded their their border and wouldn't take them. So uh, you know, this is not just about uh, Israel defending itself. Dr. Jasser, what would it mean for the country to have you in Congress challenging Rashida Tlaib on a daily basis? I think it would change the narrative for conservatism. It would change the narrative about our party, the Republican Party, and also provide a a clarity as far as what the issues are and that when Ilhan Omar had tweet, tweets and other commentaries about 
the Jewish people about Israel that were clearly anti-Semitic. You've got another Muslim in Congress that's conservative, that uh, believes in Americanism. I remember she had comments about what we did in Somalia, yeah. and my my ship was there. Yeah. And I remember being horrifically offended by what she and her colleagues said was being done there, when in fact we were going to not only bring peace, bring food, and, and, and Operation Restore Hope, and it was just offensive. And I think it would provide a good, not only antidote, but clarity to the reality of the hate and bigotry that has become the Democratic Party and yeah. how quiet and silent folks like Congressman Stanton are. Yeah, and it's high and well past time that we can have someone who can take them on on their own terms, someone who actually loves America and the West rather than letting them own the territory of vile and hatred against America in the West. They need a sparring partner, too. Uh, They don't know what they're going to be in for when you are in Congress. You are running on a lot of different campaign issues, obviously, um, because you want to represent a broad swath of people in a larger community. But this was the issue of the week. But there are other issues, particularly concerning to Arizona. And in fact, this issue itself merges into the issue of the border. Can you talk to us about border security on the other side of this break, Dr. Jasser? Will do. Absolutely. Zudi Jasser, my guest, Z for AZ.com, candidate for Congress. We'll be right back. This is a wanted man, wanted man in Congress, Dr. Zudi Jasser, Z for AZ.com. It is a delight to break the news with you all today, this great friend to this audience that he is running for Congress. Dr. Jasser, um, it would have been a conceit not to talk about so much of your specialty and understanding and taking on radical Islam, especially given the week we have um, been facing. But you are running for Congress on a whole host of issues. And there is an element of this, a big element of this in the other issue that um, you actually uh, talk about on your on your campaign video today, and that's the issue of border security, an uh, issue of great importance to Arizona, and seemingly now, recently, of course, an issue of great importance to Democratic mayors in places as far away as New York. Talk to us about border security, Doctor. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you don't have national sovereignty if your borders are wide open, if people are just flowing in without any vetting, without any ideological uh, understanding of... Uh, the social contract they're they're entering, and uh, I truly believe nobody understands that better than I do. My parents waited in line, got political asylum here in '67 from after escaping Syria, and and I know for a fact uh, in the revolution that happened in the last uh, 10 years in Syria, there were millions flowing out, and I've testified in Europe about the fact that they were accepting folks that yes, they were escaping revolutions, but at the end of the day, they were uh, 10% of of those millions were sympathetic to ISIS. So, you know, if you don't have a border, you have lost your national security. And and why demonize our border patrol? Why not empower them? And now all of a sudden the Biden administration is slowly rebuilding parts of the wall and not even, I mean, they take us citizens as fools. And I want to bring clarity to that and say that, you know, as much as I was sort of hatched as a Reagan conservative, uh, Reagan was wrong when it came to amnesty. We we can't talk about those things until we seal the border, and the border needs to be sealed in order for us to regain our national sovereignty, which we've lost so much of by the influx, uh, not only for of of folks folks that don't adopt our beliefs as far as constitutionality and and principles, but 
the, the drug uh, uh, infiltration that has uh, been killing our children in forms of uh, laced uh, uh, pills with fentanyl that are acts of terror as far as I'm concerned as a parent and as a citizen. And uh, there's just not enough being done on a federal level to protect our children. Uh, and the the threat is just uh, beyond mind-boggling. Dr. Jasser, uh, drugs, crime, obviously all huge problems. Uh, do you worry, too, about uh, the uh, influx of getaways from nations that aren't Mexico, OTMs they used to call them, other than Mexico? Do you worry about uh, staffing and stocking sleeper cells here? Absolutely. And, you know, I've, uh, um, we've been working on counterterrorism, and, and I can tell you Congress back in March 22 said that, well, at that time, already a year into the Biden administration, there were somewhere between 30 and 70 known individuals that were on terror watch lists that had come through the border. And that's the ones that they knew about. And there have been far more now that have come in in the last year where in a, a specific number that's come out about what they how many have come through that are on known watch lists and because they have not had a means of monitoring them they've not had the staff to do so so you know Mjorka should have been impeached and uh, uh, somehow he got away without that and uh, it's just been an abysmal to, to say that the, one of the primary roles of our president is to be commander-in-chief and protect our citizens and we are a border state that has been Seeing our resources, I can tell you as a doc, you see so many cases of folks that are getting care in our emergency rooms where hospitals don't have the funding to do so. And by the way, the good citizens of our districts are at the back of the line, while the folks that are coming here scot-free and and rushing through our borders are getting care ahead of them and also getting rights ahead of them, while the legal folks that, that follow the law are at the back of the line. You know what? There's so much I can talk to you about, and over the course of the campaign, look forward to doing so. Let me remind the audience how great a salve you were, medical term there perhaps, uh, during COVID and helping us understand all the ins and outs and the crisis industrial complex that was foisted on us. And what an advocate you were for opening up society and for uh, arguing against the shutdowns and the lockdowns, both of businesses and schools. Talk just a little bit about some of the uh, downwash we're going to have to deal with because of those school closings, sir. Yeah, I think, you know, the conversations you and I had, I'd love people to go back and listen to them because now all of a sudden we're getting studies that are, are saying what you and I were saying week after week, which is, okay, first four to six weeks, you lock down until you figure out what this virus is and how virulent it is and what its risk-benefit analysis is of the way we treat our communities, et cetera. But then Americans are adults. This is a free society. They can make decisions. Essential personnel are not just the doctors and and the nurses and the health care. Everybody's essential when you want to put bread and food on on the table for your kids. So I didn't believe in that type of stratification uh, caste system during a pandemic. And I also felt that small businesses took the brunt uh, while they somehow were waiting for the handouts of printing money. So we were worried about pandemics after the pandemic, which we're seeing now, spikes in drug use, spikes in psychiatric illness, spikes in untreated cancers, unscanned things that were called elective that were shut down. We're seeing now are are spiking. So all of the lives they think they were saving were somehow a governmental mandate 
of disease trading that we knew was going to end up uh, uh, costing us down the pike instead of right away. And, and it wasn't the government's role to make that decision. Yes, they need to protect us in a public health perspective, but it was a draconian way to use the health system and use my profession to become political instruments of government through Fauci and others that uh, controlled uh, the pandemic response rather than educating Americans and letting them make the choice of what their risks they wanted to take. We became a risk-averse society, which was really un-American. Doctor, we only have a couple minutes left, and I know um, who this caller is. I've never met him, but he's a great caller. His name is Doug in Maricopa. He wanted to say something quickly to you. Doug, you're on with Dr. Jasser. I'll let you take about uh, as uh, well. I'll just if you can say what you want to say to him, please do so, sir. Uh, yes, Dr. Jasser, I, I wanted to thank you over the years. I've always enjoyed your interviews. You're just a plethora of knowledge. I appreciate it. But I also said I, I wanted to say that I am just so excited. Um, you're the Republican we need. It's just so exciting to be out there and battle. I already gone and donated, and I suggest everybody else does, should do that because he is the Republican that we need. In every district, you know, knowledgeable, intelligent, a man. Of, and this is what the, the, the line got a little unclear there just a little bit, Doug, but you were so praiseworthy of Dr. Jasser and you just wanted him to let you know you've already donated and are encouraging others to do the same. Dr. Jasser, God bless you, sir. Thank you for uh, standing up for our community over the years and for now doing uh, and taking your fight to the halls of Congress uh, in running for office. We need you. If I can echo what Doug said, we need you there. We need more people like you there. Dr. Zudi Jasser, candidate for Congress, Z4AZ.com. Help this candidate out. Help, help this candidacy out. Help this country out. Doctor, thank you very much. Congratulations. Well done. And thanks for your time on this very important day for you and our country. Thank you. Well, God bless. Appreciate it. You betcha. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, Doug, thank you. I'm sorry that uh, the line was just a little unclear. Those things happen. God bless you. Z4AZ.com, his website. I'll be right back. Maybe you can find something to go out with in that thing. I know I'm on the air. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. We're uh, making sausage behind the scenes here, young David and I. Uh, Folks, um, want to put in a word for one of our sponsors, great sponsors, Y-Refi. They have a great investment in a portfolio. It's got a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Should you be concerned about recessions or stock market volatilities, which you should be concerned about? It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly, it's an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. No loss of principal if you need your money back. No penalty if you need your money back at any time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi, which is a due diligence approved firm. You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return with Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. That was Dr. Zudi Jasser for the past uh, several segments, z for az com. I had a caller. I guess uh, he dropped. Um, Michael called back. Was it Michael who called? Someone call, call us back. Uh, what can I say more about Zudi than what he's uh, meant to us over the years as a guest host, as a physician in residence during COVID for us, as our uh, resident expert and really national and international expert 
on uh, on terrorism and radical Islam. Can you imagine what it would ha- what it would mean, you know, to have him just putting a big stop sign in front of Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and AOC and the squad that represents the Marxist Islamist access and just gets away with the worst, most vile kind of anti-American and anti-Western rhetoric because they don't have someone there who knows more about all the issues they speak about than he does. He knows more than they do combined, and they get away with it because there is no one there who can speak right back at them with even more knowledge on the things they possess or claim to possess. Um, Boy, think about putting Dr. Jasser into that breach. Um, The time is well past nigh for it, and I am so glad he is taking his his really decades-plus career in arguing for these things against these organizations that represent the Hamas point of view, the Muslim Brotherhood point of view, the Marxist Islamists point of view, and now realizing that, you know, we could use a man like that in Congress. We could use this doctor in that house. Z4AZ.com is his website. Check him out. Help him out. Doug, thank you for your call and for uh, your nice, kind statements. As I said, I'm sorry the radio uh, signal was just a little, or the phone signal was just a little off. Debbie Lesko coming up. Uh, She's got a lot to say about what's going on right now, and will give us an update on the battle for the Speaker of the House of Representatives as well. I'm Seth Leibson. A lot more coming up. Don't go away. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.